Poetry Challenges with David Morley, Director of the Warwick Writing Programme. Welcome to Poetry Challenges, a series of podcast workshops in which we splash about in nouns before going deeper and learning to swim with verbs. This episode is called The Water Measurer. It's about finding forms and shapes for your poems. First, please listen to this sonnet. It's about an insect that you find on ponds called a water measurer. It's one of several sonnets I've written to celebrate a friend of mine who died recently. The Water Measurer We could have watched him until our watches rested on our wrists or the tarn froze for the year's midnight. The Water Measurer struck his pose and recalibrated his estimates as if he had misplaced his notebook, or perhaps his mind, with all that staring at water. Why does he walk on it, with such doubt and mismeasure, when he has the leisure of hydrophobia, those water-fearing hairs on the undersides of his legs? Maybe that is his secret, that he doesn't know his step will never, or not quite, penetrate the depth below, glowing with prey and the upturned eyes of predators. Does he ever get any of this right? Is he unwise? He tests and counts, counts and tests and pinprick manoeuvres, never satisfied with the data of darkness or statistics of sunlight. It seems he holds his nose at the thought of getting it right, or of not getting it, not right, never, or not quite like the waterfly in Hamlet. The sonnet has fourteen lines, and you will have perhaps heard some of the rhymes. Some of them were more obvious, like wise and eyes, measurer and water, and sunlight, and hamlet. And some rhymes were less obvious. They were half rhymes, such as penetrate and secret. The rhymes and form came into place at the same time as the subject of the poem. I didn't plan the poem out. It came into being. But there was still an element of artistic choice with the form. As with the forms of fiction, the choice we take with the form and structure of poems will inevitably begin to shape what we can do with them, and it will shape the expectation of your reader even before they begin reading. Suppose you were blindfolded and handed a vessel shaped like a wine glass, but containing water. Your mind prepares itself to expect wine. And, depending on the fluting of the glass, even a type of wine, or champagne. When you take your first sip, part of your mind still tastes that premonition of wine. It is the same with poems. The shape before a reader disposes them to expect a shaped experience, even if the words in the form's vessel are water. A sonnet shape sets up quite different expectations from a haiku. A 39-line sestina tastes quite different to a tertsarima, 
of the same length. But forms are not vessels that shape language passively. As the poet Theodore Rutger asserted, form is regarded not as a neat mould to be filled, but rather as a sieve to catch certain kinds of material. Think about that. Poetic form is a sieve to catch certain kinds of material. For the writer, the glass is broken. It must be melted and reblown every time you write in its form. Well, it's time for you to go to the library or to the internet if it's raining. Here is your poetry challenge for today. It is about shaping poems using formal patterns. Now, rather than me tell you what these forms are and how they work, I'd like you to find out for yourself. Please find out how the following forms work. The sonnet, the villanelle, and the pantoum. It shouldn't take you long, not with Google. Now, find some examples of each form, either in books or on the internet, and read them. Then, choose the form that best suits your writing mood and try to write a poem in that form as quickly as you can. Of course, you will rewrite it, but the point now is to get something down and figure out how these forms work for you. I find form fantastically useful. For me, it's a way of measuring and exploring unmeasurable feelings and perceptions. Writing in forms allows you to create ways of saying things that would not have occurred to you if you were left to your own netless game plan. It can make you write better than you think you can, make you a better player at the art, and you will end up by astonishing yourself when you are driven to write something unexpected. Form is fundamental to the way we grow to perceive the world of language. The baby and the cat may learn new words by listening to a nursery rhyme, but the real delight lies in the way it is said, the pattern, the repetition, the rhythm, the rhymes, the meter, the form. It creates language's music in their head, a dance of language. Writers and babies are composers. They begin writing a poem or story because the music of it occurs to them first and demands that words be written to fit that noise. It's a wholly natural process, as straightforward as making up songs or even jokes. To recap briefly, find out please how a pantoum and a sonnet and a villanelle works. Read some. Try one of them out. Thank you for listening.